Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gospel According to Stupid. I am Johnny Waters, and uh, yeah, you're in my podcast right now. You're fucking listening to this shit. Uh, you can reach out to me at according to stupid at gmail.com and at accord to stupid on the Twitter sphere. How's everybody fucking doing? Um, we got some more emails for you guys, and then we'll hop right back into um, um, Kings and what Elisha's doing for everybody. Um, Hopefully you folks have been kind of keeping up. I've been uh, contacted earlier on last month, I think, uh, by a wonderful Jehovah's Witness person who has been trying to convert me, but I don't think it's really working. Um, and at this point, we're kind of talking about, like, uh, <laughs> 1914 and God and all this sort of stuff. Um, I've tried to provide links in previous episodes to where things were and um, how things kind of work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so this is what she's answered to my previous email. Um, she just kind of threw answers in there and he's done a couple of things where it's, it's kind of annoying, which is like, here's my answer. And, and then it continues on with something that I've written down. Um, but luckily it's, there's some enters and sometimes I find myself reading something that I've answered and been like, oh, that's really informative. Sounds like we're on the same. Oh, it's me. Um, so... <laughs> Their answer with uh, the 1914 thing from the previous email of why is 1914 that particular war, World War One, so very important as opposed to like the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, etc. And their answer was right, Jonathan. The year 1914 was the first year. Uh, first year war was worldwide, and it continues. However, I still ask why not World War Two, etc., etc. And um. I put out there that the king, the days of kings haven't exactly ended. And that's, and her argument is that in the days of kings, God has made his government. And I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. Um, so her answer, or his answer, I'm trying to keep this ambiguous, and I'm doing a bad job of it. Uh, Daniel 2.44 said that the heavenly kingdom was set up during the days of those kings, or worldly governments. As you know, the world is running as it has been, even though Jehovah set up his heavenly kingdom. God's time to... Dot, 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 crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, and it alone will stand forever, has not yet arrived, but ever so close. Uh-huh. Um, then the next thing I'm talking about is uh, 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 Oh, here we go. Um, and I put out there, and he said to pray, which neat, but how does it really get us? And so they put out there, Praying to God for his kingdom, his will, not humans, to be brought here on earth, tells Jehovah that we want his rule or direction, not ma uh, not man's, to be set up here on earth. Humankind has shown that their rule has been to their detriment of mankind, to the detriment of mankind. Mm -hmm. Talking about the new world coming and everything, blah, 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 is just a reinvention of, like, if you're going to crush anything, is it just a reinvention or is it you literally get mind wiped when you enter heaven or something. Wouldn't it be loving for God to not have all the hurt that we as humans have experienced here on earth to come up into our minds? To me, that is very loving. Jonathan, do you know that Jesus during God's war... Oh, I forget. I didn't answer this one. I meant to. Fuck. Oh, well. Did you... I didn't think it... Well, this is... I'll answer it here, but I'll probably send another email eventually. Um, Jonathan, did you know that Jesus during God's war will be separating sheep from the goats? Sheep will be on Jesus' right side while goats on his left. The Bible tells us what will happen to the sheep and to the goats. Do you know what that is? Honestly, I don't. And I know it's a metaphor. And in my head, I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of shitty of me to be like, well, <laughs> Jesus isn't really helping out the whole... Uh, 
war effort, is he, if he's separating the livestock? Because, as it turns out, sheep and goats do have uses. Those who own goats will be like, yeah, goat's milk and, um, uh, eating grass, <laughs> so on. Lamb provides, and sheep, I suppose, provide wool. So do goats, actually, I think. And, I, I fuck, if I don't, I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, lamb chops and, um, you know, something for your dog to do, I guess. Uh, and I understand the idea is like, you must be a sheep, but however, and don't be a goat, because goats go to hell and sheepies go to heaven, which also points to the fact being like, you want me to be a sheeple? You want me to be someone who just follows the fucking herd? Goats seem to do what the fuck they want, being like, fuck you, I'm eating this, I'll eat this fucking can. Sounds great. I'm kind of all for like the freedom of that. Um, but I can understand that this is trying to be like, the sheep aren't Baphomet. Baphomet is the one with the horns and the bad things. Um, even though, aren't sheep and goats, like, they're cousins of each other, right, in a way? Um, just, you know, because rams have horns and eh, whatever. Anyway, I honestly don't know what it is, but maybe I'll get an answer next time. Um, let's see. Um, things about one language and everlasting life, etc. is stuff I point out, but then they go on to Jonathan, period. Do you think Jehovah is a God of love? Uh, there is no place of torment in Jehovah's heart. God does bring eternal death when there is no turning around from sin or sincere repentance. Prodigal son. Didn't we read that? I think we did. Uh, Romans 6-7, for the one who has died has been acquitted from his sin. Our sins have been acquitted at death. This is where the resurrection comes in. Those who have died but didn't come to know Jehovah when alive on earth will be resurrected during the kingdom and brought about uh, and taught about God. Isn't that loving, Jonathan? I'm like, eh, well, not really. It's kind of a forced thing, and especially if you die and be like, oh, where... Where is uh, Dionysus and Zeus? And Zeus? I'm the only fucking one. Oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> you know, you just kind of fucking take it from there. And so I have some thoughts. And this one's kind of a little lengthy one because, as you know, I'm a, I'm a talker. Um, and if you have any thoughts that you want to share, of course, you can send them off to uh, accordingtostupid at gmail.com or on the Twitter sphere at accordtostupid. Now, um, I'm throwing it out there. Um, my stuff. Uh, hey, so, uh, it is just a scale. Not that there was a war, but there was a world war and where the whole thing stands. Fair enough. The idea of, like, uh, just because there's a war, great. But the first world one? Hmm. Even though the world war just meant that we went across many continents to, to get there. Um, it wasn't necessarily every nation went like, let's fuck each other up. Um, so, um, God's kingdom is ever so close. How do you know? What is pointing toward this coming of the government of God? God's kingdom was set up with slash parallel in time to those kings of old. Are you talking Pharaoh or David or Solomon or some other king? I would have assumed God would have created the entire heavenly government right from the start, but hey, who am I to talk? Humankind has shown their rule has been to the detriment of mankind, you say? I don't think so. However, I am able to admit that if there is a God, then if there is a loving God, that is him slash her slash them, whatever, that it would have to be better, assumingly. Would love to see more tenants than just the Ten Commandments on how to feed the poor, take care of the sick, and shelter the many, but I can take on faith that if God is a loving God, then sure, his government should be better, sure. 
But aren't we a little failing in our faith in our, of our fellow man, our neighbor? If all we are doing is waiting for the heavenly government to come, won't that be a big waiting game until probably your own death? Why all this waiting and hoping that something will come of it, when it's much harder and better to do something about it yourself? Not saying you don't. All I know about you is a commercial blah, 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 blah thing that you do. Oh. Um... Also, waiting for the heavenly government hasn't worked for those who came before, who are probably on their way to see the heavenly government that seeing it, uh, then seeing it here on earth. But I can understand asking for guidance from the higher power. I can understand hoping that some deity with a loving nature, which I've not really yet to see in my trek through the Bible, with the exception of so very few, would come down and help those in power. I can get behind it. I, I just am having a hard time believing it. Because any comforts of this age has been because of humanity. If we believe God created everything, he may have to set in motion, uh, he may have set things in motion, but I have a hard time believing that something as simple as the entertainment we consume on the daily is all on God's playbook. Could be, not denying it's a possibility. Here's where I get in a twist. If God created everything, has a plan for everything, and moves everything as it should be, then doesn't he run the government on earth? But you said Satan runs that. Does Satan run the government, or does he run some of the people, too? But if it's all God's plan, then doesn't he control Satan as well in some way? Or does he allow this to be, sh allow this to be sure that the presentation of the heavenly kingdom is just right when slash if we see it in our lifetimes? This also plays into the whole free will thing, because government, no matter its name or ideas, are run by people. No people, not much government. There is some governance in the animal kingdom. Wolves, lions, elephants. There's a structure. Is family a government in some ways? You govern your house. Maybe your children, what you buy, what you sell, what you put up, take down. Does Satan run that too? If so, then again, what are the finishing touches to the heavenly government? Removing the hurt from everyone. Yes and no. I'm torn because if I say yes, then I neglect the parts of me that became that way, the way I am. The way I kind of like the way I am. By going through that trial by fire and such, you know? But that accepts that God will take away all the sorrow, which may mean not remove the memory of it, but the hurt associated. I can get behind it. If I say no, then I feel a little emo and that you need the scars to remind you that the past is real, but then potentially heaven being populated by people just being people. Then again, it might make for better conversations down the line. It's more interesting, pe uh, it's more interesting people who have gone through hell to get to heaven than those who have forgotten or even forgiven themselves. And maybe forgiveness is the realm of God and not man, or all men. And I can buy that again. If it's a loving God that any sort of father figure would want to remove any pain from his children. I get it. Makes sense. Is Jehovah a God of love? I don't think so. Not that I've seen. He's more authoritative. And seems to deal out death and judgment wantonly, at least in the beginning. And maybe I'm just not that far into it yet that I can see God's grace. I think he is really after people who follow him and not necessarily relishing the individuality of his creations, which is fine. I'd probably do that. Eternal death, or damnation, or just a nothing. You cease to be, which, if it's that or hell, then easy choice. He wants repentance, sure, of all or just the wicked. So we pass into heaven having to have a life of regret in some way, right? If we get up there and are told we need to sincerely repent for all the murders, sure. But what about, um, wh uh, but what about having a kid out of wedlock? or divorce, or something along those lines. Could you be sorry that uh, 
you... Oh, I must have... <laughs> hmm. Oh, whoops. Uh, could you be sorry that you got divorced, uh, but your second marriage allowed children to grow up so you can have... Uh, so you can repent or regret that you defied God with a... Uh, whoa, I'm... I'm... My eyes are fucked up. Okay. Could you be sorry that you got divorced, but your second marriage allowed children to grow up so you can... So how can you repent? There we go. So how can you repent or regret that you defied God with a divorce and yet followed the be fruitful and multiply after the fact? I think there's some rule about widows and widowers in there too about getting remarried as well as it severely as well as it is that is severely frowned upon. I feel I read something about it in Deuteronomy. Maybe I made it up. Do we repent those who lost? Uh, do we repent those who lost someone in a tragic accident, war, etc., only to damn them later for trying to maybe succeed, uh, to, for trying and maybe succeeding in finding happiness? How does the spouse feel then? Lied to, I suppose. But if it's to get into heaven, then great. But it has to be sincere, so maybe the population in heaven is significantly smaller than I think. But you say here that all are acquitted of sin. So everyone goes. And if you don't, and if you didn't know Jehovah, then you'll get an education. I mean, if he's the one up there and there's nothing else, I suppose that's the easiest education you'll get. Nothing else, huh? All right. Open up those gates. Yet if we, uh, yet if we are all acquitted of sin, vague though it is, why not do all the evil you can on earth and get a goodly heaven regardless? If your sins are forgiven upon death, then why follow it to the T? And if you are really, uh, and if you never really knew Jehovah on earth, as the quote says, you get the education anyway. So why not go nuts? Anarchy in Elmore County. If that's the case, then perhaps humankind needs a little more credit because maybe government, civilization, common good is what is keeping us all together. And that, I think, is a human construct. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Am I being too harsh? Am I being too, uh, you know, <laughs> weird about this whole thing? I don't know. Um, but I feel like I'm answering my own questions here, and that's kind of nice in that sort of way. Um, so, we're going to move forward with Kings. Uh, we're on chapter 7. Uh, we're about, I don't know, a little under a third of the way through. After today, we'll be about a third of the way through the book of this, the second Kings. Um, and then after that, I think we go through Chronicles. But then after that, it seems we get into like some really good like story ones of like, here's all these motherfuckers. Um, and and we'll see where we go um, with those. Because I imagine Psalms and uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is going to be a fun one to read because as far as I can understand, it's a lot of just good words and things. And that might actually convert me. I can see that happening. However, we'll see what else happens. Um, so with the kings and so on. Um, Elisha. So we have, uh, we had a dude got cured with leprosy, of leprosy, I suppose. Um, and uh, Elisha's little uh, henchman, uh, uh, helper, helper guy was like, hey man, why don't we get paid for this? He's like, no, don't ask for fucking payment, man. He's like, I totally do. And the dude who got cured was like, here, take some fucking money. And our assistant dude came back. He was like, look at the gold. And he's like, yeah, look at your leprosy now. And he infected him. So bad, apparently he went white, which was... Um, yeah, that was kind of the, the big one that I recall. Um, what was the other one? The, we have, uh, eating babies. Oh, yeah, kinda. 
Um, fuck. Yeah, that happened. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, that, that happened and it was, it was awful and it wasn't great and it happened. Anyway, uh, chapter seven. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall be a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, okay, uh, the king leaned, answered the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this be, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. Oh, fuck. Another one of these, like, don't fucking do this thing. So they're selling, you know, um, flour and barley wholesale. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine in this city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. These guys know what's going on. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were uh, come to the utmost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Oh, shit. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Holy fuck, we're going to get attacked. And these four lepers are like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, wherefore they arose in the fled in twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp that uh, as it was, and fled for their life. So God kept these folks from getting a pandemic from four people. Uh-huh. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it, and then uh, and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And as he, uh, and he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said to his servants, I will now shew you what the Syrians have done to us. They know uh, that we be hungry, therefore we, uh, therefore... Are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city? Okay, I'm getting a little lost here. And one of the servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. So it's like, hey, let's just fucking find out, all right? Let's just see what this whole deal is. And they took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went up, uh, and they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of the fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Okay. 
I didn't think he'd care that much for how much things were being sold for, but fuck it, he apparently is. And the king appointed the lord on whose hand he leaned to give charge of at the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Fuck! As the uh, man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him, being like, don't fucking eat that shit. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God, and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Okay, so... All right, so, hey, we're going to sell this stuff for stupid sheep because I had this entire area, Samaria fucking flee. So basically these folks robbed <laughs> this place and was like, you can't eat this because all the lepers apparently were like infecting the place and they eat of it and they're like, oh, fuck, I'm dying, which doesn't make much sense to me. But like, then why even tell anybody? You could have just left it alone and no one would have been the wiser. Right? Right? <laughs> uh, chapter 8. Oh, boy. Um, then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life. Oh, yeah, that guy. Saying, Arise, and go thou in thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. That's not good. They're like, get the fuck out. And the woman arose, and did, after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass, at the seven years' end, that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. Which, how many times do we have to kill those fuckers? And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked uh, with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. He's still alive? Saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman, whose son he had restored to life, cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, O Lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. He's probably fifteen now, so he's, you know, adulty. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field, since the day that she left the lands, even until now. We can't eat all that shit. We don't even have it for fridge. And Elisha came to Damascus, and Benadad, the king of Syria, was sick. And it was told him, saying, The man of God is come hither. Oh, fuck. Oh, good. And the king said unto Hazael, Take a present in thine hand, and go meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? Fair enough, good question. Bring him a gift, ask him a question. You know, put, the, put your best foot forward. So Hazael went to meet him, and took a present with him, even of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels' burden, and came and stood before him, and said, Thy son, Benadad, king of Syria, hath sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? And Elisha said unto him, Go, say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover. Howbeit the Lord hath shewed me that he shall surely die. And he settled his countenance steadfastly, until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. And Hazael said, Why weepeth, my lord? 
And he answered, Because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds wilt thou set on fire, and their young men wilt thou slay with the sword, and wilt dash their children, and rip up their women with child. Holy fuck. Okay. Um. Huh. Well, that's not good. <laughs> so he's like, ah, uh, you're, holy fuck. You're going to live, but it's it's going to be fucking awful. Um, it'd be better you died. And Hazael said, But what, is thy servant a dog, that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord hath shewed me what thou shalt, that thou shalt be king over Syria. Oh, Hazael, I guess. So he departed from Elisha and came to his master, who said to him, What said Elisha to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou shouldst surely recover. And it came to pass on the morrow, because we're not going to be like, I don't need to tell you I'm going to be king. Fuck that. And it came to pass on the morrow that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died. What? And Hazael reigned in his stead. So it was all a lie. It's all a lie. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, so even God, uh, whatever. So it's a lie. It's a lie throughout. Just to be, just to say that Hazael will get greedy, apparently be like, I'm going to be king. I don't give a fuck who I kill. I got to be king. Fuck yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> God doesn't lie. He clearly did. Um, or at least Elisha did. Um, let's see. Uh, fuck. I should be king. Um, reigned in his stead. There we are. And in the fifth year of Jeram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat being then king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. Not a bad run. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Fuck, I thought he was doing good with the, like, the way of the other kings of Israel, but apparently not. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for David, his servant's sake, as he promised him to give him always a light and to his children. Eh, fuck, I can't fucking kill him. Especially because David's standing over being like, You fucking said you wouldn't fuck with my fucking family! And, you know, I'd be a little pissed too. You know, covenant of the Lord. That's a good one to get. Being like, everybody, you say. All right. I'm going to need this on paper. Uh, and his days, Edom revolted. In his days, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and uh, made a king over themselves. Well, fuck. So Joram went over to Zair and all the chariots with him, and he rose by night and smote the Edomites, which compassed him about, and the captains of the chariots and the people fled into their tents. Yet Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. And the rest of the acts of Joram, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles and the kings of Judah? I don't know. Why didn't you start with Chronicles? Fuck. And Joram slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his stead. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Joram, king of Judah, begin to reign. Ugh, this is getting real confusing. Um, twenty and, uh, two and twenty years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year hmm, in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. Nido. 
And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son of the law, uh, son-in-law of the house of Ahab. And he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to the war against Haziel, king of Syria, in Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram. Didn't Joram die? And King Joram went back to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him in Ramah, when he fought against Haziel, king of uh, Syria. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehor- Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. Uh, a bunch of just... Ooh. Next chapter will be fun. Um... But that's all the time we got for today, folks. This is a nice, even chapter, a little under half an hour. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I know this particular one was real confusing and in the middle of stuff. Um, but it was fun, right? I had a good time. Uh, I hope you had a good time, too. And you have been gospel to by the stupid. <laughs>